Jim Anderson had a storied career having held key leadership positions at Cisco Systems, Dell, and Hewlett-Packard. Last April, Anderson was named president for the Americas regions for BAE Systems Applied Intelligence, and I'm pleased to welcome him as part of ISMG's series of interviews with leaders of key companies offering IT services and products. Welcome, Jim. Welcome, Eric, and thanks a lot for having me on your show. First off, uh, just take a few moments to tell us about BAE Systems Applied Intelligence. Well, Eric, it's an exciting time for BAE Systems Applied Intelligence, especially here in the Americas. And that's due to some key market transitions that we see happening in the market. First, as um, you know, a lot of events happened this year with regards to cybercrime. And what that's done is forced people to take a look at cybercrime for more than just an IT issue to a business risk issue. Second, there is a market convergence we see between cybercrime and financial crime in the market where people are now trying to look at an integrated view across all of the risk associated with their business. And lastly, the dynamic nature of cybercrime, along with the increased shortage of people skills to address it, means people and companies are looking for new service models to help address this issue. What this means for us overall is that we want to continue in the Americas with our commitment to leveraging our long history with addressing cybercrime, along with our market leadership position in providing software for financial crime to really help people deal with the before during and after aspects of financial crime and cybercrime versus just a point solution. And that's what we're going to be working on over the next couple of years. You mentioned a few points that I want to address, namely convergence of cybercrime and financial crime. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And also, is there any differentiation in the way a company assessing risk should look at crime against them, whether it's cyber or not? With regards to the convergence, what we see is that more and more cybercrime is being used as a precursor to financial crime, right? So if you're taking a look at the broad spectrum out there, I like to say cybercrime in some cases can be a weather forecast for what you should look at with regards to financial crime. Historically, what we see... Before, is, before you go forward, because some people think of cybercrime, they're thinking of financial crime. So why don't you differentiate the difference between what you say cybercrime and financial crime? Yeah, the way we look at it is cybercrime is the leveraging of technology and really where people use access to a network to actually steal assets or people's data, right? Identity theft is an example where you go in, and we've heard a lot about it, where people go in and steal information with regards to social security numbers, various other types of identities that they can then use to commit what we call financial crime, which actually is taking that information to commit a fraud uh, in our environment. So you might take an identity, use that identity, actually go leverage taking money from someone's account or something like that. In the case of cybercrime specifically, what you see is you had hackers in the past that just did cybercrime to show that they could have access to the network. Well, now what we see is that people are doing more. Is this, instead of just showing that they have access to the network, they're basically taking that information, in some cases selling it to other people so they can use the access to that network to actually commit a fraud against a particular company or individual. For an organization to assess their risk to try to prevent cybercrime and, cy and financial crime, in assessing the risk, is it something that they should just concentrate on their IT systems or is there something broader within their organizations that they should assess? I think it's something broader in the organization that they're successful. So what this convergence is showing us is that you have a broad spectrum of intelligence out there from which you should use and leverage to manage your risk across your whole business. You can't simply look at it as a siloed approach. So the example I would give, if you know, for example, that cybercrime was committed where people were stealing identities, then maybe in your fraud side of the house, you should be on the lookout for more crimes associated with identity theft. Whereas in the past, those two organizations and companies did not share information 
information. We believe that what this convergence is doing is forcing people to take a broader look at a risk across their whole environment and the intelligence associated with that so they can manage that risk and help reduce the risk and importantly, react faster to any um, crime opportunity that might happen within their environment. When you talk to your customers, when they talk about financial crime, are they talking to you just about what goes on in their systems such as ID theft and, and the results of that, or are they talking something more broadly? I think they're starting to talk about something more broadly. I've talked to a number of customers that as they're looking themselves to bring sort of their cybercrime analysts and their financial crime analysts all together, if you want to say in, in one roof in one organization. You have organizations that are set up setting up financial intelligence units so they can take a look at this broad risk perspective out there and, and make decisions based on it and manage the risk more cost effectively. So the trend definitely is for customers to start looking at it in a broader sense, to look at it not from a siloed approach, of here are my cyber crime analysts, here are my financial crime analysts, bring them together and start seeing if they can be uh, more effective that way in dealing with the criminal element that they face. Do you see a day not too distant in the future where maybe these cyber and financial crime analysts will be one and the same or that's still way off? I think that's still way off. I think what you'll see is companies like ourselves and others really looking at tools so that we can leverage the intelligence associated with both of those types of people to be more effective. In essence, tools that share allowing you to capture cybercrime alerts along with financial crime alerts, right? And share a common single plane for people to take a look at so they can correlate the data associated with it and once again act faster. Because what we see is the criminals are getting more intelligence associated with it. They have more resources to take advantage of this stuff. We likewise on our side, helping our companies deal with the bad actors, have to help them scale up and do the same. Okay, well, let's talk about the bad actors. They seem to be getting better. Uh, is that your assessment? Well, yeah, I mean, better. I, I think they're getting access to more resources out there. They are definitely more organized. And also, you have to realize the attack surface is larger. You know, with the hyper-connected world we now deal in in the cloud, there, there are many different access routes to people's information out there. This does mean that traditional defense in-depth strategies of buying one and everything, as Forster calls it, don't work today. People have to look at a broader perspective because the cyber criminals are scaling up and they are becoming a, a bit more effective at what they do. And is that just because there's more tools out there they could buy, or is there a different way they're thinking, or different kinds of people are getting involved in, in, in these cyber crimes or financial crimes? I think it's a little bit of all of that. The efficiencies of scale with regards to cybercrime are still compelling out there. Like you said, the resources to do it, you can go buy kits now and build on those kits to commit a cybercrime out there. And some companies are still ramping up their ability to defend against that, right? So the opportunity to be successful is still out there for a lot of these uh, criminals out there. So it's something where they can go, they can execute quickly, and uh, in some cases, the chances of getting caught are very small and, and move on and go from there. It's an opportunistic crime that more people feel like they can take advantage of and it's something that we have to uh, you know obviously be on the lookout for but you also have nation state actors and stuff like that leveraging this type of crime more and more not just for intellectual capital but as you've seen in the sony case possibly to maybe deal with extortion and those types of things so we still have a long way to go in your organization uh not talking about you, you in relationship with your clients but how do, how do you how do you approach cyber threat information sharing with other organizations 
Well, we, we actually try to do it. We encourage it, right? So obviously we work with the organizations out there to make data available because uh, one of the benefits of our organization is we work with both the government and the private sector out there. And uh, we have a, a lot of intelligence analysts ourselves that uh, gather this data. So we try to share what we can with the organizations. We encourage it. We encourage the partnerships out there. And we even leverage what we're doing as far as managed security, as far as threat intelligence engines to help people not just get data, but figure out what data is important for them because one of the challenges out there with the data right now is it's so much, Eric, that it can be overwhelming. It's more not the question of more data, but it's getting the data than trying to figure out what data is the most important to you so that you can act on that data out there. Well, of course, this is an area that, you, that your company deals with. It's part of what you offer in, in I guess you call it behavioral analytics that helps do that. Well, what is the current state of the art there? And where do you see behavioral analytics changing or evolving in the next you know months, years? You know, once again, that will continue to become more effective as people understand a behavior analytics, what it means and how to use that particular uh, technology. I think the other aspect of it is that we'll be able to offer it and package it in ways where more people can take advantage of it. Right now, behavior analytics, a lot of companies have their own shops and house that do it for it to get to the masses. Companies like ourselves have to be able to provide that type of service, meaning in a format where other people can take advantage. So you'll see behavior analytics being offered in different consumption models for customers out there. And I think technology will continue to evolve to try to even make it more effective. Things like machine learning and all those types of things, capturing more network analytics type of thing will be mixed in so that you'll have more data analyzed more effectively and provided in ways that are easier for people to consume. That's what we're working on, I know, from an innovation standpoint, and I think that the market will continue to evolve that way. And would this involve software that's licensed? Would it, would it involve different kinds of technologies that maybe we're not familiar with at the moment? I think technologies will continue to evolve, and likewise, just in the industry in general, I think the consumption models will vary, right? So our goal with BA Systems is to provide various consumption models, either on-premise, as a managed service type of environment, or a cloud environment, because I think what you'll see is customers will say, I want a flexible way to consume this particular technology. I now want a flexible way to consume this type of information. And they're looking with companies that can do that based on where they are as far as their own life cycle with regards to cyber defenses and financial fraud and go from there. How far away are you from this? Uh, well, I think it's a, it's a journey, clearly. We already are there with some of our models. We do offer things uh, on-premise. We do have some managed hosting uh, customers today. And as you know, with the acquisition of SilverSky, which we completed in December, we do have a framework for providing a cloud infrastructure for some of our service here in the U.S., and we've already been doing that globally. And the other things that you can see changing about behavioral analytics? I do think it will be combined maybe across different functions, right? Right now, behavioral analytics tend to be limited to a particular function or area. I think you might see behavioral analytics go across more areas, more functions, to see if we can glean more information and be more effective so it becomes even better in predicting things versus simply reacting to things. Can you take a few moments to tell me, okay, the current model and, and how that executes and then what you can see is happening down the road. So a lot of things, what, what happens with regards to many technologies today is they'll focus on artifacts of an attack, right? Determining a particular piece of malware or other indicators are compromised. Or you might be looking for some specific mode activity like we do with behavioral analytics. These are key important things to do and they're foundational. But increasingly, what we will need to do with these technologies is answer some important questions like, so what and who cares? So we'll be able to take the technologies, do the analytics, but then take it to the next level and say, got it, so 
what, all right, and based on that, who should care about these anomalies or the things that we're taking a look at or these artifacts of attack? And that's what we see evolving over time. Similarly, you're involved in threat intelligence. How would you describe the current technology, state of the art of that technology today, and where do you see that evolving in the next several years? Yeah, I think there's a key growth there, right? Because intelligence is very important. The more you know about your adversaries, the, the better you can uh, deal with them and, and deal with threats uh, when they happen. We see the market for threat intelligence continue to grow. Uh, I think you'll have platform providers that sort of provide threat intelligence, and then you'll have people that help analyze those intelligence feeds in your environment. Ourselves, we do a little bit of both. We are a provider of, of threat intelligence out there, and we share it. Uh, we don't necessarily offer it as a subscription-based service right now, but we do provide a platform for which people can take their various intelligence feeds, provide some type of analysis associated with them so they can focus in on what's important uh, for them to go from there. And we do see the, the market for those types of tools and technologies around that. Uh, continue to grow. Will the technology improve in the way you collect information and the way you analyze it? I mean, we're, we're, we're in both those areas. Where is the technology heading? Yeah, I think it's going to improve more around how you analyze the information. I think there's a lot of technologies out there that collect information today. And matter of fact, as you're a company out there, I think uh, you might already have five feeds of information today. So the improvement for efficiency has to be in how you analyze that information. you got to move from spreadsheets, move from other tools out there to analyze information more effectively uh, though from there. I, I think Target is a good example of where they got information. The fall down is how they interpreted the information and reacted to it. So a lot of the emphasis will be on tools to help people once again, understand the, the, the who cares and the so what associated with their information uh, so they can be more effective and react quicker to the, the, the environment of the threat that uh, exists in their environment. A lot of data shows that a lot of these uh, APTs exist in environments for, you know, 60 plus days before they're discovered. Technologies that help reduce that or cut that in half are definitely warranted today. The technologies used to analyze all this information to provide good threat intelligence, how would that look differently, say, for five years down the road than it does today? A couple things. First, the, the amount of data out there is going to continue to scale. So you're going to have a lot of data out there. So technologies that help process that data faster will continue to evolve. So first, you'll see improvements in the ability to scale with regards to all the data being out there. Second, what I think is that you will see analytic capability that incorporates machine learning so you can learn from that data and what you're taking a look at. So the, the analytics associated with that data will become smarter in the environment. And the third aspect of that is I think, once again, they'll try to make it easier easier for people to consume that data and react to it. We'll look at technology and innovations that can take the data, understand it, but we'll scale it, understand what's happening with regards to the, the data, who cares about it, and then be able to react a little bit quicker. So we'll invest in technologies to help customers reduce the risk associated with analyzing that data. So really, the ability to process vast amounts of information at high speed with superior analytics is really where the market's going. How far away are we from what you just described? That's a good question. I mean, I, I think that's a, it's a combination of things out there, Eric, and uh, I think each year will get better. I can't exactly predict how far away, right? But I do know it's something that's evolving fast, as with technology in the industry, because it's a combination of things. And so uh, we'll continue to see progress there. As you look at the environment out there, whether it's dealing with uh, cyber crime, uh, financial crime, or just uh, some other kinds of threats, what do you find most vexing in the threat landscape? 
the changing nature of it, right? I think that if you look at it, you know, the, the crimes of today and, 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 and the scale of them continue to increase versus just three years ago, and you look at the trends out there, it's a very dynamic world. What that means is even if you plan for something that you know today, something tomorrow is going to happen that you didn't plan for or, or weren't aware of. So this changing nature of the crime makes it very difficult for people to react. That's why, once again, you have to take an integrated approach to addressing this issue, looking at the broader risk associated with it and goes from there. But to me, that's the biggest challenge. You're not dealing with something that's static at all. You're dealing with something that's very much a moving target. Do you see any types of new uh, financial crime coming in the next year or two that hasn't taken hold yet? You know, I, I think it will continue to evolve, right? And I, I'm not necessarily saying anything new, but you might see new forms of some old crimes out there. As we get more into various payment mechanisms out there and, and all the things associated with, you know, the Internet of Things, the convergence of OT and IT and all those types of things out there, the opportunities for crimes will continue to scale with those market opportunities out there. So we'll see some different formats of crimes probably happening in the market. It might be the technology that may encourage a certain type of crime as we get into more operational technologies and things like that and that run things. Somehow criminals may figure a way of uh, exploiting that. The opportunity associated with that technology is great. It's making us more efficient. It's giving us the opportunity to automate things, uh, the Internet of Things, of combining you know, various things, giving them access to it. These are all very positive things with great return on investments for consumers and businesses out there. But along with that, there is some increased risk, right, because we are opening up our environments. Uh, in our surface area for more people to have access to them. And with that risk, once again, some people will try to exploit it. There are some huge benefits associated with the convergence of OT and IT with the Internet of Things and home automation associated with that, but also there are some risks and we just have to be prepared for that. Applied intelligence is part of the systems which evolve from the maker of aircraft and military wares to today's company that offers an array of products and services focused on, with, on defense, kinetic, and virtual. Can one really separate the physical from the virtual when assessing risk? I think more and more they're combining, right, in that the physical and virtual world in today's technology is becoming one of, of the same. And because of that, you're going to be leveraging technologies, processes, and procedures to manage risk across both of them, right? Uh, one of the great things for us, like you talk about our history there, is that because of our physical history that opened up, exposed us to a world where people, for cybercrime, that's our business. We've evolved from, you know, having to protect our intellectual capital to leveraging all the lessons learned in that to helping commercial customers protect their intellectual capital, which now has evolved to protecting other assets that they have and those types of things. Long-winded answer is saying, yes, I, I do believe that there is some correlation between the physical and virtual world where it comes to this and people need to look across the spectrum there, but that's, once again, something that's going to continue to evolve over time. Well, thanks, Jim. Well, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it, uh, once again, taking time to, to be on your show and uh, the conversation. I've been speaking with Jim Anderson, President of the Americas Region for BAE Systems Applied Intelligence. Thanks for listening.